Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series for 2008. Now here is Pastor Scott Bloyer. Okay, so I, I got to ask you the question. Is that what you picture God like, you know? Oh, no, what a bunch of whiners. Here they come again. I mean, I, I don't know about you. When I was growing up, I always thought it was funny that my mom would say, well, let's say your prayers before you go to bed. And, and Bill Cosby had a bit about prayers, like right before you go to sleep. And he used to say, it's the worst prayer you should ever teach your kid, you know? Because in that prayer, it says, if I should die before I wake, Bill Cosby's like, I'm not going to sleep tonight. You know, prayer is an interesting thing. It can be, you know, really fun. It can be really enjoyable. It can be really hard. It can be difficult. It can be confusing. And so we felt like it was important that this was an area that we should tackle as a family, as a church. And so this month, we're talking about prayer, learning how to pray. We titled it, Can You Hear Me Now? Because, you know, if, to be honest, we were to associate our cell phones with prayer, it'd probably be a pretty easy connection, okay? Because in this day and age, we know that we can go anywhere with our cell phones and anybody can get in touch with us. You know, that's why now you have movie theaters that are, you know, big, huge signs that say, turn your cell phone off during the movie, I went to the golf course while I was on vacation in Colorado with my family, and there's a sign on the driving range. Turn off your phone while you're on the driving range. You know, I thought that was a pretty good idea because if someone, you know, like your phone rings and you jerk and you end up plugging someone with a golf ball, you know, that's probably, you know, ring, what? <laughs> oh, let's pray now because I killed him. You know, so, you know, I thought that was a good idea. You know, it's even bad when churches have to say, turn off your cell phone in the service. Hint, hint. So, um... Just thought I'd let you know that. Um, but it's one of those things where self, I see a lot of people, oh gosh, <laughs> keep talking. Um, we have to understand that cell phones are a connection. We can pick it up anytime and talk to someone. You know? uh, and that's the way God wants us to understand that he wants us to communicate with him. Now the thing that is when you use your cell phone is you talk, but you also listen. Uh, a lot of people forget about the listen part when it comes to prayer. You know, and so that's why we put on there, can you hear me now? I think Verizon got it perfect. Can you hear me now? Because there are times that we are literally sitting there going, okay, God, can you hear me? Am I getting through? Are you too busy running the universe to answer my little prayers? You know, is there too much going on that, that I really don't matter? You know, I, I've talked to people before where they're saying, you know, I, I prayed and I prayed and I feel like God just didn't answer it. Does he care what's going on? I was looking at him with a resounding saying, yes, he does. Yes, he does. He wants to hear everything. He, he wants to know everything. But then I hear people say, well, it says in the Bible that he knows what I'm going to pray before I pray it, so why pray? I can just sit there and go, okay, God's got it, right? Well, it's because the action of prayer means that we've got to share, and we've got to listen. You know, it's, it's, it's a conversation, you know, uh, Jesus always talked to God, his Father. You know, and, and he said, our Father in heaven is much greater than the fathers we have here on earth because the fathers here on earth, if you ask them for a loaf of bread, they're not going to give you a snake. Right? Now, I, I know I would never do that because I'm terrified of snakes. My kid walked in and wanted a snake. I'm like, <laughs> you got to move out. You know, because it's not happening. 
But it's that correlation between a son or a daughter having a conversation with their father or mother. It's that conversation. You know, when my kids come and say, hey, dad, I really need to talk to you, I intently listen. See, God is even greater than that. I'll be, I'll be honest, as a dad, I'm having to walk through that listening kind of thing. I'm male. I have two daughters and a wife, and my son and I are learning that listening is a big part of being in our home, you know? I'm the oldest of four kids. My sister's 10 years younger than me. So when I was 20, she was 10. So I didn't deal with a lot of the girl stuff growing up in the house. And so I didn't, you know, and now that I have a daughter that's in high school and another daughter that's going into middle school and they have those problems and they're like, oh my goodness, can we talk? And I'm like, okay, you know, and they start talking and immediately, what do I think? I can help you fix this. Let's fix this. And so when I, you know, when I first got married, I'm like, let's fix this. My wife would say something. I'm like, let's fix this. She goes, I don't want you to fix it. I'm like, then why are you telling me? I just want you to listen. <laughs> why? Well, because we're supposed to share this communication. And I'm like, okay, I got to work on this part. So I went and got books. You know, I, you know, I went to the Bible. I'm like, God, please. Miracles happen. You know, I, I, I don't get it, you know. And the more I've grown into that relationship with my wife and my daughters, the more I realize about God. Because no matter where we're at, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter how we're feeling, he's there to listen. That's even when you're mad. I had someone tell me, well, I can't talk to God right now because I'm mad at him. I said, that's the perfect time to talk to him. He's got big shoulders. He can handle it. It's not like you're going to say something he's going to go, oh. That hurt my feelings. <laughs> because he knows where you're at. He loves you. Now, some of you may be sitting here for the very first time, and you're going, well, you know, I don't really know much about God and Jesus, and so this talk about prayer is kind of confusing to me. That's why we put it with a cell phone. You understand picking up the phone and calling a friend, right? It's the same thing with God. The only difference is you don't get charged for it. <laughs> and you don't have to have a roaming plan, Right? God wants to have that conversation with you. He wants to talk to you. So this morning, we're going to take a specific look at a conversation that Jesus had about prayer. Now, what I want you to do is inside your program, there's a bulletin insert with some fill in the blanks. It's also got the verses we're going to use this morning. And the reason I put it in there is because we're going to be using a different version. Those of you that have gone to church or been a part of church, you know there's different versions. Uh, we're going to be using what is called the message. It's a paraphrase. I like it because it's everyday language. And to me, it spoke volumes about what we're going to talk about today when it, when it comes to prayer. And this is Jesus speaking to the people around him. Okay? So as we follow along, I just want you to notice a couple of things. I'm going to ask you to mark on that piece of paper, circle things. But it starts like this. Matthew 6, verses 5 through 15 in the message. It says, and when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. I like that too, didn't you? Don't come, oh, because have you been in a church or been in a situation where someone walks up front and they're going, we're going to pray. Shall we pray? Oh, Father, come bless the bless and the blesser and the gift and the giver. And you're just going, what did he say? You know, get it? It becomes a theatrical production, right? God's saying, don't, that's not what it's about. Look at it real clearly. It says, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers are hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? 
Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can ima- that you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall into that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows better than what you need, than you, than what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You are a blaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. In prayer, there's a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't, for, you can't deal with forgiveness from God, for instance, without forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you can cut yourself off from God's part. A couple of things I want to call your attention to, especially with what's going on in this day and age and in this world about what we're looking at when it comes to prayer. Um, the very first part where it says, don't turn it into a theatrical production or make a show out of your prayers. I want you to understand, Jesus is specifically talking about praying. Okay, He's not talking about church service or a worship service or the gathering that we're having right here. You'll hear people say, oh, well, that means we're just supposed to be quiet. There should be one person up there talking. We're all going to stand in a circle. We're going to sing kumbaya, and we're going to walk away. Okay? Understand, this is not talking about, if you go to the Old Testament, and you look at what they did when it came to the temple and worship, it was extravagant. It was amazing. Coming to church on Sunday morning should be exciting. In fact, in the Bible, it says, I was excited. I was happy to go and be in the house of the Lord. Now, I want to be honest with you. If you stand around churches long enough and you look at the faces of the people that are coming into the church, the joy, sometimes you just don't see. (laughs) His name. Oh, sorry. You know, you know. And so I want you to understand, when we're talking, we're talking about prayer. We're not talking about church service. The other thing is this. When it says the world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant, they're full of formulas and programming and advice, peddling techniques for getting what I want you to circle you want from God. There's actually a thing going on right now in Africa that they're calling the prosperity gospel that is being taught and preached by men in this country where they're saying, if you come to know Jesus, if you trust in Jesus, you will be rich. If you come to know Jesus, all of your problems will be gone. Okay, I'll be very point blank and real about that. Bull. Okay? In fact, I usually tell the students in our student ministry, understand that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you grow in that relationship with him, it's probably going to be harder, not easier. And so if you hear people saying, oh, if you just do this, then you'll be rich and Jesus will bless you, he might do that. I'm not going to disagree with that. But that's not the reason we go into a relationship with Jesus. It's not like you, you know, that morning you, you pray, you trust in Jesus Christ, the next morning you went up and it's like, oh, I won the lotto, you know? If you've ever seen the movie Bruce Almighty, you know at some point in time, he, with these prayers, he gets irritated with it, and he marks down yes 
to all prayer requests. Just, yes, boom, send all. And it creates chaos. It creates problems because now you have people that are praying to win the lottery and everybody won the lottery, so they're getting 25 cents. (laughs) See what I mean? So I want you to understand, as we look at this, there's a couple of things I want to clarify. Jesus is not saying as you pray, don't, you know, there are times for corporate worship, there's times for private worship, there's times, you know, in fact, one of the things that I've been doing is when I'm in my car alone, I don't turn on the radio. Um, Because to me, that is an opportunity to pray. And I praise God for Bluetooth headsets because then it doesn't look like I'm crazy. (laughs) Because I do it openly, I talk, you know, and because of my Bluetooth, they're like, oh, he's on the phone, (laughs) you know. Not that that would bother, but you know, you've driven by people, you know, in their car and they're talking, you're going, (laughs) I'm praying right now for them because I think they're crazy, you know, but we have to be able to find those places. So I want you to understand that as we go into this, but what are the things that we can take away from these verses that will enable us to walk through life when it comes to dealing with prayer? Because I'll be honest with you. I know people struggle with this area. I do. Okay. I'll be, I, I struggle with having a time of prayer. I am ADD boy, okay? I don't say that to make a joke. You ask me to sit down, bow my head, and pray for a half hour, it ain't happening. Why? Because I sit down and I'm like, oh, dear God, look at that cool poster on the wall, right? I, I can't do it <coughs> at my office because, I, you know, God, oh, I got to do that. And I start doing that, you know. I just can't focus. So when it comes to prayer, I have to do specific things. I have to write out my prayers, I played football. Sometimes I forget them, you know, so I write them down. Plus, it's an awesome thing to be able to go back later and look at what you were praying and to be able to write down next to that answers for prayer. Sometimes we we don't get to do that. We don't get to celebrate with what what, what God's doing. And so as we do this, I'm just going to talk plain, okay? First thing is this. Prayer is not about a show. It's not about a show. It's a conversation with your dad. And I know for some of you, saying a conversation with your dad is even a struggle because for you, on this, this day and age, maybe in this world, you're going, I hate my dad. To equate God and Father together is a struggle for me because I don't like my dad. I want you to understand, he's the dad that dads were supposed to be like. And he wants to hear from you. So it's not about a show. It's about coming honestly to God and speaking to him. And that means you can speak to God any way you feel comfortable. I have to do something. Re- you don't have to do something rehearsed. You don't. Have, you know, there's not a formula. You have to. It's a conversation. I was doing a camp, actually a retreat in Oklahoma. Took my daughter with me. We went down there. I spoke at this retreat. One of the most awesome prayers I have ever heard in my life was from a young man who had come to this retreat as a drug addict walked away as a child of God, walked up to me at the end of the, the weekend, handed me, uh, uh, actually it was a disciple now, my wife's here, so she's going to keep me on check on this. It was a disciple, he walked up and he handed me something and he says, I don't need this anymore. And I put it in my pocket, I didn't look and I walked away. And as we're standing there, I said, would some of you like to pray? Just pray out loud, open up, say whatever you want to say. This guy stops, Okay. Turns around and says, God, I needed you. And he walked away. In my heart, I'm like, yes, someone got it. That was a prayer. 
He didn't turn around and go, Father. You know, blessed be thy nameth, right? He didn't do that. He was real. I had a kid one time on a Mexico mission trip. Curse through a prayer. I'll be honest with you. Caught me off a little guard. But he had lost his grandmother, his grandfather, and an uncle within two weeks. To be honest with you, that was a good prayer. He's being honest. Because you know what? There are a lot of us that pray and we're not real. We put on a show. We come to church. We smile. Everything's okay. And what? In reality, it's not. And it's okay to talk to God about it and say, you know what, right now, my life stinks. Like I said before, God's not going to go, oh, I didn't know that. What he wants to do is say, I know, and I love you. And I want to be there for you. So it's not about a show. Matthew 6, 5 says, and now about prayer. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I assure you, that is all the reward they're ever going to get. Goes on, 2 Corinthians 13, 7 says, We pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. We pray this not to show that our ministry to you has been successful, but because we want you to do right, even if we were ourselves seem to have failed. To do right. It's not about show. Next thing is this, prayer should be from the heart. Pray what your heart is feeling. That is okay. Share the frustration, the hurt, the anger, the joy, the excitement. That's going on in your life. Jesus was very specific. In fact, in John 12, 27, Jesus says this. He says, now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray? And he says this, Father, save me from what lies ahead. And he puts it in a question. And he says, but that is the very reason why I came. See, even Jesus was struggling with why he had come to this earth. He knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to be crucified. He knew he was going to be beaten. And so the question is, Jesus is saying, now my soul is deep. Should I pray? Father, save me from what lies ahead? That's why I came. Even Jesus was honest with his prayers. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. It always centers back on the heart. So when we pray, reveal your heart, wherever that may be, wherever it's going on, because prayer is the way that God has appointed to us to have our needs met, okay? That's the way we have this conversation. Unfortunately, a lot of us, when it comes to prayer, we do a lot of talking, we do a lot of little, we do very little listening. Or if we do hear God speak and he gives us an answer, maybe not some audible answer, but you know the answer that he has placed that in your heart and you go, no, no, that's not the answer I was looking for. And we begin to start talking again. See, when my dad left my mom, my mom made the comment. She said, as I was praying, God placed it in my heart, the comment, am I enough? You know, after being married several th- you know, some 30 years, and my dad decides, you know, it's time to part ways, and my mom's left there alone, and she said, in the middle of all that, as she was praying, she heard God say, am I enough? She said, you know what, at the time, I really wasn't sure how to answer that. Maybe you're that way too. Right now, it's just confusion. It's okay. That's your heart, but God has given us 
the idea that, or the option that prayer is where our needs are met. But we need to understand that prayer prepares us for the proper use of the answer. If we know our need, if we voice it to God, trusting that he's going to provide for us, then we better make use of the answer, than it, it, or we would make use of the answer, than if God forced it on us and we didn't ask at all. I don't know if you've seen that commercial on TV where the mom and daughter are standing there and they're yelling at each other. And the mom's like, I love you. And the daughter goes, I love you too. Thanks for buying that dress. You're welcome. <laughs> That's what it would be like if we didn't have a conversation with God about prayer. I bought this for you. Thanks. You know, it would be forced. When you come and your heart is prepared to have a conversation, and you're asking God and you're, and you're revealing your heart. He has a way of talking to us. The other thing is we got to remember is prayer is more about God than it is about you. So I pray in the car, so I'm not focused on anything else. I'm focused on the driving, okay? Everybody's like, I'm not riding with you. Because it's easy to get caught up in life. And when I'm stuck in the car, just by myself, the best person to talk to is him. Sure, I can get on my cell phone, I can listen to the radio, I even see people writing notes. Doing their makeup. I was driving down to San Francisco yesterday. This lady was on her cell phone doing makeup with a Starbucks. I'm thinking, where's the steering wheel in all of this, you know? But we got to focus on God. Prayer is about God talking to us. It's not about us giving our laundry list of problems and issues. We gotta walk through that. Prayer is about a changed heart. That's why coming this month on June 27th, we as a church are gonna offer 15 hours of prayer. Okay, we're gonna call it 15 by 15. And we're gonna have a night where as we go through this month and we talk about prayer, hey, you know what? A lot of people go, oh, that's great. And then they go home and they don't do anything about it. We're gonna do something about it. We're gonna pray. So that night, we're gonna have an opportunity for any of us to sign up and pray. There's going to be hour blocks where you can go in there and pray. For some of you that are great at 3 o'clock in the morning, you can go 3 o'clock in the morning. For those of you that are sick and like to get up early in the morning, oh, did I say that a lot? Um, then you can, see, I think morning should start at noon. It'd be beautiful. You know, but if you want to do that, then you can sign up and we're going to be praying for 15 minutes in 15 minutes blocks about different things at our church and what's going on in our lives. And we're going to pray for each other. A buddy of mine made this comment. He says, you know what? The devil laughs at our schemes, he snickers at our programs, but he trembles when we pray because he knows there's nothing he can do when we pray. Because that's between us and God. So we need to have a changed heart when it comes to prayer. I love Philippians 1.9. I pray that, you love each, that your love for each other will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in your knowledge and understanding. Prayer, knowledge, understanding, those things go together. So we need to understand that that's important. So thought for the week. This is what I want you to walk away with, okay? This is what I want you to think about this week. Prayer is not about just getting an answer. It's about being the person that God can trust with the answer. See, that's where it becomes the changed heart. 
as we humble ourselves and pray for others, as we humble ourselves and pray for issues, as, we, as, we, as our heart is changed, then God is going to look at you and say, can I trust you with the answer? Some of you this morning may be sitting there going, you know what, I really have no clue what it means to even have a relationship with Christ, with God. You know, I'm going I'm to place it to you simple, okay? This is the way it works. God created us to have a relationship with him. In fact, in the Bible, it says he placed eternity into our hearts. But it's our sins, those things that we've done wrong, that are away from the perfection of who God is, that separate us from him. And those sins can't be taken away by good deeds. You know, I got to tell you, you can't work your way into heaven. There's not enough people you can help across the street. There's not enough Bible verses you can read. There's not enough church service you can go to that's going to take that away. So what it was, was 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came down and paid the price for our sins on the cross. He died in our place. And he rose again. And everyone who trusts in him and him alone, you can have eternal life. You can have that life forever and ever with God. That means we will spend all eternity in heaven with God. And that doesn't start the day you die. It starts the day you believe. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California.